Let us pray. O Lord our Father in heaven, our good Father, in the name of Jesus Christ your Son, who came in the flesh, in the name of your Son Jesus Christ, who is true, who is love, in whom we have grace, mercy and peace. Please speak to our hearts today and convict our hearts with truth. Fill us with love. I beg for your mercy, O Father. Grant us faith to believe in you and to walk in accordance with your commands. Amen. I bring greetings um, from my family. Um, and uh, I thank the pastoral team for giving me this privilege to speak with the church. Let's read Second John. Second John from verse 1. The elder to the chosen lady and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also all who know the truth. For the sake of the truth which abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I was very glad to find some of your children walking in truth, just as we have received commandments to do from the Father. Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world. Those who do not acknowledge... Jesus Christ has come in, in the flesh. This is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. For the one who gives him a greeting participates in his evil deeds. Though I have many things to write to you, I do not want to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face, 
so that your joy may be made full. The children of your chosen sister greet you. This is a in, very interesting book. And um, it is interesting to see what God is pointing out to us from this passage. When John wrote this book, this was about A.D. 70, A.D. 80, after Jerusalem had been destroyed on the temple. He refers himself, he refers to himself as elder. It is generally believed that we know John, the son of Zebedee, the disciple Jesus loved, that he is the one that wrote the book. Also, when you look at the literary, literary style and the content of 2 John, and you look at 1 John, and even the Gospel of John, it is a giveaway to know that it is John, the son of Zebedee, that wrote the book. It is written to the chosen lady and her children. It looks to be a close family friend, and perhaps one of the contacts from his pastoral leadership role in and around the churches in Ephesus. Our topic is getting a full reward. And our key verse is verse 8. Watch yourselves that you do not lose what we have accomplished, but that you may receive a full reward. Let us do an overview of this book briefly. It will be interesting to see what God is saying to us. Firstly, let's take note of some very key words. Truth. Love. Commands. Lord, I pray that you open our hearts to understand your words. And that you open our minds to see how these interrelate with each other. And what you have to say to us about these words. From verse 1 to 3. Let's quickly do an overview. Please open your Bibles to Second John. Let's go through. Let's look at it together please. Second John. From verse 1 to 3. John writes to the chosen lady expressing his love for her and her children in truth. He's simply saying this love is in truth. And he goes furthermore to explain. He says this love for them is also shared by those who know the truth. Verse 1. He says, This love for them is also for the sake of the truth, which abides forever in all of them. Verse 2. Furthermore, he states, In this truth, in this truth, grace, mercy, and peace will be with them from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in verse 3. He's saying, 
this love I have for you is from truth. And it's not just me. But those who know the truth is a giveaway. Those who know the truth will also love you. Also, he's saying it is for the sake of this truth that I love you and your children in the first place. It is for the sake of this truth that in the first place I love you and your children. It is because of this truth that abides forever in all of us that I love you. It is because of this truth. Then he concludes, this truth that you have, that we all have, will bring about grace, mercy, and peace. And the source of these is God the Father and Jesus Christ his Son. Truth. This truth. Let's look at verse 4 to 6. In summary, John gives admonition and encouragement to walk in the truth and abide in it. John notes in verse 4 to the elect lady that he is very glad to find some of her children walking in truth. Are we following? John says the way these children are walking in the truth is the same way he, John, and the apostles and all other believers have received command from the Father. That is the same thing. The way they are walking in the truth is the same way he also is walking in the truth. He goes further to say, to explain that he is not writing a new command. Walking in truth, it is the same command they have all had from the beginning. It's the same. John then clarifies that this command is to love one another. In other words, to walk in truth is to love one another. Then he clarifies what love is. He says to love is to walk according to God's commands. This is interesting. John is saying... I am talking about one thing. One thing. I am talking about the same command we have had and we have heard from the beginning. One thing. It is the same thing I am talking about. Walking in truth. He's saying walking in truth equals love for one another. 
love for one another equals walking in accordance with God's commandments. It all boils down to truth. Walking in truth. Abiding in truth. It's all the same thing. You look closely, that's what you find. The truth. Walking in truth. Abiding in truth. Let's go down to verse 7 to 11. John gives warning and instruction in order not to lose the reward, but gain in full. He gives instruction on getting a full reward. John starts to talk about deceivers who have been going around. They do, not, they do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. He says, these are the deceivers and the antichrist. Then John says in verse 8, watch yourselves. That you do not lose what we have accomplished. But that you may receive a full reward. Are we following? What had they accomplished? What is it? It is all there from verse 1 to 6. He says it is the same thing from the beginning. Nothing different. What you have is what I have. That is what we have. The love I have for you is from this truth. What I see in your children is that they are walking in this truth. That is what we have. That is what they have accomplished. Walking in truth. Love for one another. Walking in accordance with God's commands. Walking in truth. Walking in truth. This is what John is warning the chosen lady and her children to watch out for. To safeguard in order to receive a full reward. See, safeguard it. Watch out for yourselves that you do not lose this thing. That we have accomplished. The long and short of the matter. Church. Is that the full reward. John is talking about. Is truth. In full. He is talking about. Truth. Truth. He's saying. One thing. Truth. I hope we are not disappointed. I'm not making this up. When you look at verse 9 that follows, John clarifies. He says, anyone who goes too far 
and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. What is the reward for not abiding in the teaching of Christ? According to John. What is the reward? No God. He says, if you do not abide in the teaching of Christ, you do not have God. What is the reward for abiding in the teaching of Christ? For keeping to the teaching of Christ. He says, what you have, what you get, is you have both the Father and the Son. That is what you have. Don't worry, I'm not cooking things up. Remember our discourse from verse 1 to 3, where John simply explains, it is because of this truth that abides forever in all of us that I love you. Then he concludes, this truth will bring about grace, mercy, and peace. And the source of these is God the Father and Jesus Christ his Son. That is what we have. It abides in us forever. Truth. That is what I have, John. That is what you chosen lady has. And that is what I have seen your children have. Truth. God. This is all connected to John's gospel where he says in chapter 1 verse 14 and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We saw his glory. The glory of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. There was no space. It was full of grace and truth. Later on, in the 14th chapter of John, in verse 6, John quotes Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the truth. Truth is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Truth is not a concept as we all think. The world thinks truth is just a concept, just a word, something. Something people choose to adhere to, something others choose not to adhere to. It is a person according to the Bible. Truth is a person. 
And that person is Jesus Christ. I am the truth. When God through his spirit reveals truth to you, he reveals a person. And that person is Jesus. John is saying in summary that to get a full reward, watch out against those who go too far and do not abide in the teaching of Jesus Christ. He's saying your full reward is truth, love, keeping God's commands. Jesus, the Son of God. If God is a good father, that is the best reward he can give. That's all he promises to give. He cannot go against his nature. That is all he promises to give. Let me add something here our heart is very tricky some of us may struggle with I mean where, where, where is this coming from I mean we are talking of a reward here come on sometimes our hearts deceive us to think that we love God The world we live in has many stories on offer. And the story we believe shapes us. Shapes us. It shapes our desires, our expectations, our thoughts, our hopes. And I use this classical example Usually when I'm teaching. I mean, who doesn't know Shawama here? I know Shawama. When we had just gotten married, my wife would say, she doesn't like Shawama. She doesn't like that thing. I'll be wondering, you don't like Shawama? I said, well, it doesn't hurt. So, I would go and buy Shawama and eat in the car before I enter the house. So I said, if you don't like it, let's, let's keep it that way. One day, one of my friends caught me in the car eating shawarma and exposed me. Eventually, my wife tasted this shawarma. Out of just being naughty, said, let me taste this thing that you are. And she tasted shawarma. The rest is history. It became a shawarma affair. Whenever I'm going out. Something she didn't, she had not tasted. So she had no longings for it at all. She had no desires for it, was not expecting it, never thought about it. But the moment she tasted it, Every day 
I mean, I literally had to make budgets for shawarma. It, it, why do women like shawarma like this? Something she never liked before. She never desired for it. She never had any hopes or expectations for me to buy her. Suddenly, she's thinking of shawarma. She's expecting shawarma. She's desiring shawarma. Another good example is the phone. The phone. I'm fortunate to have lived at a time when people, Nigerians lived without phones. And they survived. I mean, I mean, life went on. But suddenly, phones come and if my phone is dead for one minute, it's a problem. I forget my phone at home. I drive back to pick it. Something I lived without. That is how powerful stories are. For some of us, the phone even shapes how we feel about ourselves. The kind of phone you hold. And then we spend a lot of money to get this phone, to wrap on ourselves this identity. Something we can live without. Suddenly, we cannot live without it. That is the power of the stories on offer. You are like the kind of phone you use, the kind of car you drive, the kind of job you hold, and on and on. The story you believe shapes your desires, hopes, and expectations. So because we have believed on things other than Jesus, our hearts do not accept that a man's life does not consist on the abundance of his possession. His title, his money, and so on. We do not believe it. Even though we quote the verse, you know, we do not believe it. For some people, if you call their names without their title, you have poked a tiger. For many of our youths, if you do not have a lot of money, you are nothing. It is what the world has told us. There are all sorts of stories on offer. You are like the house you live in. You are like the car you drive. You are like the phone you use. And automatically, when we think of reward... That is what is appealing. Because that is the story we have believed. When we talk about reward, we are thinking of that promotion, that job, good health, a lot of money. That is what reward is. Heaven. Heaven. Some place of bliss. We do everything for heaven. We do not believe in Proverbs 16.10. How much?
much better it is to get wisdom than gold. And to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. Or how blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her profit is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares to her. And that's why if we are Christians will be foolish in the eyes of the world. Would not be appealing. Proverbs 3, 13 to 15. Do we really believe? That God, that Jesus is more precious than gold or silver. Well, this is what God has to say. In Job 28, verse 1 and 2, and then I'll jump to verse 12 to 28. It says, surely there is a mine for silver. Please follow my string of thoughts. I'll clarify later. And a place where they refine gold. Iron is taken from dust and copper is smelted from rock. I'll jump to verse 12. But where can wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? Man does not know its value. Nor is it found in the land of the living. The deep says, it is not in me. And the sea says, it is not with me. Pure gold cannot be given in exchange for it. Nor can silver be weighed as its price. It cannot be valued in the gold of Ophir, in precious oils or sapphire. Gold or glass cannot equal it. Nor can it be exchanged for articles of fine gold. Coral and crystal are not to be mentioned. And the acquisition of wisdom above that of pearls. The topaz of Ethiopia cannot equal it. Nor can it be valued in pure gold. Verse 20 says, where then does wisdom come from? Where then does wisdom come from? And where is the place of understanding? Thus it is hidden from the eyes of all living and concealed from the birds of the sky. Abaddon and death say, with our ears we have heard a report of it. God understands its way and he knows its place. For he looks to the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he imparted weights to the wind and meted out the waters by measure. When he set a limit for the rain and a course for the thunderbolt. Then he saw it 
and declared it. He established it and also searched it out. He more or less tested it. And to man, God said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. God looked out and when he observed, he said to man, (laughs) the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Another key word, to depart from evil sounds like to keep his commands. Sounds like truth. Back to what we're saying. Sounds like Jesus. John was telling the lady and her children that what we have is Jesus. What we have is the truth. What we have is love one another. What we have is one and the same thing. Keeping the commands of God. That is what we have. That is what we should watch out and safeguard. That is our reward. What do we do about the stories that have deceived us? How do we accept this kind of teaching? How do we get this full reward? What do we do after we have believed the stories on offer? Let's learn from Naaman in 2 Kings 5. We know the story. So I'll just hit it midway to save time. We know Naaman, captain of the army of Aram. A great man. A great warrior. But he was a leper. His little Israelite servant girl advised, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. So his king sent him to Israel, to Elisha the prophet. And I quote, So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to him saying, without coming out, sent a messenger to him saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh will be restored to you. And you will be clean. Simple. Go and wash. And it's interesting that Naaman struggled with this in anger because of what he had believed. It's interesting to see his reaction. Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought... He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of his God and wave his hand over this place and cure. Receive. 
eventually he obeyed what God had said and he got cured. I thought, where did Naaman get that thinking from? I thought it was exactly the opposite of what Elisha told him. I thought church until we cast away our preconceived notions and the stories on offer by the deceivers and antichrists and hold on to the word of God in faith will remain as miserable as a leper. I repeat, until we cast away our perceived preconceived notions and the stories on offer by the deceivers and antichrists and hold on to the word, the very pure word of God in faith will remain as miserable as a leper. Another popular story. The young rich ruler in Matthew 19. He came to Jesus and said, Teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then he said to Jesus, Which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept, what am I still lacking? Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, Let me add, if you wish to have a full reward, if you wish to be full, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving for he was one who owned much property. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, creator of the universe, of all the silver and gold, all the things seen and unseen, whether thrones or powers, asked a man to follow him. And he walked away because he had great wealth. The young rich ruler had believed a lie on offer in the society in his time. He believed the stories on the streets. On the streets. That was what life should be. Lots of possessions. So much that God was calling him to himself. This is what you need to be complete. He walked away. 
literature to get your full reward if you wish to be complete. Renounce the lies you have believed. John says in 2 John 10.10 to the chosen lady, be decisive. Do not receive him into your house and do not give him a greeting. Cast away your idols of possession, money, position, titles, pleasure, and turn to God. Turn to truth. Believe God's word. Abide in truth. That's what he says. Love one another. That is what he says. And keep God's commands. It's one thing. All these are one thing. Fear God and turn away from evil. Let Jesus Christ be fully formed in you. God the good father is offering you the best. There's nothing more. Do you trust him? That is what he's saying. Do you trust him? Do you trust that your full reward, the only thing God is offering, is Jesus Christ? The truth. And that's why believing in Jesus is to keep his commands. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? He who has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. Do you trust that word? He's not offering you long life. He's not offering you wealth. He has never offered that. He has never promised that. The counsel of scripture from Genesis to Revelation boils down to one thing. Truth. Who is Jesus Christ. That is what God is promising every believer. Do you trust him? Can you choose him over silver and gold? Can you reject that contract? I like the drama here. Championing the cause of justice and righteousness in society can mean having to say no to silver and gold. Do you love me? Jesus says. Do you trust him? Cast away your idols and turn to God. Cast away your preconceived notions and the stories on offer by the deceivers and antichrist and hold on to the word of God in faith. Or else we will lose out like the young rich ruler or be as miserable as a leper.
It's your choice. That's all God is offering. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Isaiah 55. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without costs. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ears and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. According to the faithful message shown to David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples. A leader and commander to the peoples. Behold, you will call a nation you do not know. And a nation which knows you not will run to you. Because of the Lord your God. Even the Holy One of Israel. For he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways. And the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord. For he will will freely pardon. Abundantly pardon. And he will have compassion on him. And to our God. For he will freely pardon. Abundantly pardon. Says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways. Declares the Lord. For as the heavens are far. Apart from the earth. So are my ways far from yours. And my thoughts from yours. Which story are you believing? What God is offering, I repeat, is truth. That is the reward. Jesus. And God gives his word. In verse 10 of Isaiah 55. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to be empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter. For which I sent it. Would we trust God's word. And accept the only offer. That he's making. Jesus Christ. Lord I thank you for today. And for your words. May you reach to each and every heart. And break. Those preconceived notions. May you build in us a pure hunger for you. Help us to cast away our desires that are not found in you. That when we look deep down, we see that truly we do not love you. Can we trust you? Oh Lord, have mercy and help us. Help us to trust you and what you are offering. And may you help this church to flourish and that your kingdom will be established on earth in Jesus' name. Amen.